3: speaking of the big lie and i thought it was interesting in your book that you touch on this notion i think maybe people would not it would not occur to them that both lincoln and biden are grappling with or at some point were grappling with their own version of the big lie in lincoln's case it was the big lie that slavery was a justifiable institution that ought to be maintained and you write in the book there were three moments where had he succumbed to the pressure, had his vice president succumbed to the pressure, had he turned over the Fort Sumter to try to placate the Confederacy and delay the Civil War, the course of history might be very different. You draw these analogies in a way I think is, is not always so obvious, but it's fascinating to think of how and where we are today.
4: So as you as you kindly mentioned, Abraham Lincoln, if he had been solely a politician, he would have made several could have made several different decisions that would probably have sustained slavery certainly late into the 19th century and possibly into the 20th century because there was a perfectly rational compromise on the table after he wins the presidency to expand slavery to the West, let it go into Arizona and New Mexico. You know, And what was America but an exercise in, in compromise? Lincoln said no. And partly it's, it's kind of like what Churchill did in 1940 he saw that appeasement had not worked, and that if in fact you gave in once more that the South, the white South, where I come from, wasn't just interested in slavery in its limited sphere, there was a, an ambitious plan to take slavery, to, to add Cuba to the Empire, to add Mexico, Nicaragua, to build this it was called the Golden Circle, and it was going to expand. And it would have ch- fundamentally changed the course of everything. And Abraham Lincoln, flawed, fallen, infallible, said no. And he said no because he believed fundamentally that slavery had to die and the union had to
5: It had been lean Democratic and now Sean Patrick Maloney is vulnerable and the Republican Republican candidate making waves in that traditionally blue state, Mike Lawler, he joins us now. So I looked down at this and I knew that these races were very competitive and I have a friend that works in Democratic House races and he says he believes that the REPUBLICANS WILL WIN ALL OF THE LONG ISLAND HOUSE SEATS AND MOST OF THE HUDSON RIVER VALLEY. SO IS THAT YOURS RIGHT ALONG THERE AS WELL?
6: YES. SO I'M THE IMMEDIATE SUBURBS OF NEW YORK CITY, ROCKLAND COUNTY WHERE I LIVE AND REPRESENT IN THE STATE ASSEMBLY. WESTCHESTER WHERE THE CLINTONS LIVE AND GEORGE SOROS LIVES. Uh, PUTNAM COUNTY AND DUTCHESS. AND THE AMAZING THING ABOUT THIS DISTRICT IS ABOUT 50% OF HOUSEHOLDS IN IT HAVE A COP, A FIREFIGHTER, A VETERAN, uh, OR A FIRST RESPONDER LIVING IN IT. And when you talk about crime being the top issue at 28% and inflation uh, right behind it, that's what voters are concerned about. And as I've been going around the district every day since the end of May, that is what the frustration is. And Sean Patrick Maloney, as the chair of the DCCC, owns this. He voted 100% lockstep with Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. He hasn't been in the district. He's been gallivanting around the globe, raising money in Paris and Geneva. And voters see it. AND THEY'RE TIRED OF IT AND THEY WANT
7: CHANGE. SOMETIMES THE PARTIES WILL GIVE US A HEAD FAKE LIKE THIS, RIGHT? AND THEY'LL SAY, HEY, you're, you're, you know, YOU'RE REALLY THREATENED HERE. AND IN THE END, IT DOES NOT TURN OUT TO BE THAT WAY. WHAT SUGGEST OTHERWISE NOW?
6: WELL, LOOK, OUR LATEST POLL HAS US UP SIX POINTS. AND WE HAVE steadily BEEN AHEAD uh, THROUGHOUT THIS RACE. Uh, AS YOU MENTIONED, 75% OF THE DISTRICT IS NEW FOR HIM. Uh, I'm coming out of Rockland County. That's 42% of the district. I've lived there my whole life. My family's been there over 100 years. He doesn't know anybody there. And voters recognize that he's not addressing the issues of concern. Crime, inflation, a porous southern border. Why? Because he's responsible. He said his top priority was enacting cashless, cashless bail. Since that got enacted, crime is up 36% in New York City. 40% of those released on non-monetary bail have been rearrested while those charges are pending.
5: Let's take a listen to him. He was on with, uh, I believe, Jonathan Carl over the weekend. Listen to Sean Patrick Maloney, your opponent here.
8: Can we really see uh, Democrats in trouble in New York, of all places? The other side is acting
7: like angry people, and, and they're lashing out with what they've got, which is big, dark MAGA millions like I said, they're lighting on fire $7 million trying to beat me. They're going to lose this seat and wish they had that $7 million out in races they could win. That tells me they're not good at their jobs.
5: You know, this, this hasn't really happened since, I believe, 1992, where uh, the a party was able to take out somebody as, as high up in leadership as he is. But with Cook, when a Cook political report changes a race from lean Democrat to toss-up, they must see a tremendous amount of movement. I'll give you the last word. Well,
6: look, what you just heard there was a mega meltdown coming from Sean Patrick Maloney because on November 8th, we are going to be the face of the red wave and we're going to defeat the chair of the DCCC and end Nancy Pelosi's reign once and for all as Speaker. And if folks want to help us, they should go to firemaloney.com. That's firemaloney.com and support us take out the chair of the
7: DCCC. Mike Lawler, thank you for your time. And when you'll the, know
5: early on what, in the night, right? Well, I have an
7: indication. Sure. Well I have an idea. The thing about New York, you know, when we talk about this governor's race, George Pataki was the last Republican to win a statewide race in that was two thousand and two. Yeah. And that was coming off of 9-11. It was a security mm-hmm. election. Mm-hmm.
6: This this election you are seeing voters are less concerned about party and more concerned about the issues. Right. Crime and inflation are driving this. And Lee Zeldin will be the next governor. Okay,
7: we'll we'll remember that comment and see whether or not you're right. Play it back. Mike Lawler, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank Thank you.
9: Parents, getting your kids vaccinated is incredibly important to keep your children safe, especially heading into the winter months. Please make sure your children are up to date on their COVID vaccines. If they were vaccinated earlier this year or last year, we have updated vaccines they should get this fall. These updated vaccines help protect against the dominant strain of Omicron in the U.S. And they are now approved and recommended for everyone ages 5 and up. So make sure you have an appointment on the books for all your kids 5 and older. You can get started by looking for an appointment at vaccines.gov.
6: Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
9: No candidate has
8: been more forceful in spreading Donald Trump's lies about the election than the Arizona Republican candidate for Governor Carrie Lake. When I sat down with her earlier this week, we talked about her campaign and some of her policy proposals. That interview aired on GMA3 on Friday. When Lake brought up false claims about election fraud, the conversation turned to 2020. Here is that part of the interview. As governor, would you seek to change the election laws and specifically, would you look to limit early voting and mail-in voting in Arizona?
10: I don't know exactly how we'll do it, but we will secure our elections, restore faith in our elections, make sure our elections are honest and transparent.
8: I assume everybody wants that, but specifically early voting and mail-in voting, which you've been very critical of, would you seek to limit it?
10: I think, you know, a lot going of going state. back to when I first started voting yeah. back in the eighties, we yeah. had election day. Yeah. Our constitution says election day. It doesn't say election season, election month. And the longer you drag that out, the more fraught with problems there are. We just saw problems this week with Katie Hobbs, my opponent. She just put out sent out six thousand ballots that went the wrong type of ballots to the wrong people. Right, they only had the federal, but
8: but she she was the one that this out and well, I don't corrected. care if she pointed that out. But earlier this week, Lake's opponent, Katie Hobbs, who also serves as the current Secretary of State, announced that 6,000 ballots printed with only federal races were incorrectly sent to voters. Corrected ballots are now being mailed out. My question is whether or not you would limit mail-in voting, limit early voting, uh, given that so many people in the state, it's like 90 percent, uh, vote early in this state or use early balance.
10: We want to shore up our elections so they are very honest and every voter knows that it's an honest system. Let me just give you a couple facts. facts. Yeah. 2,000 mail-in ballots were accepted by Maricopa County after election day in 2020, after election day. That
8: was a new one on us. So we took the claim to election officials in Maricopa County who told us it's just not true. In fact, no ballots were accepted after the election day, 7 p.m. deadline. Some ballots were scanned the next warning, giving them a timestamp after election day. But again, those ballots were turned in on election day by the deadline. Lake offered other unsubstantiated and disproven claims. Arizona's 2020 election was the most scrutinized in the state's history, and there is no evidence of widespread fraud. A comprehensive investigation by Maricopa County found, quote, 100 potentially questionable ballots cast out of 2.1 million, hardly enough to change the results.
10: I certainly hope that we're going to talk more than about elections today because I sat here today to talk about my policies. Well, we've been
8: talking about a whole bunch of other things besides elections, but but since you but brought I find up it funny Since that since you brought up I didn't ask about 2020. I, I just asked uh, I do find about it funny
10: that the media thinks I'm I'm only talking about elections. I'm talking about a lot of things. But
8: but, but let's be completely clear you actually brought it up not me I asked you about uh, about the rules and about early voting and if you would change the rules I, I, did, I didn't ask you about 2020. And I want you, to explain you to
10: you why mail-in ballots can be fraught with error
8: why it is that you have not said or maybe you'll do it now you have not said that you will accept the certified results of this election even if you lose this I, election
10: I will accept the results of this election if we have a fair honest and transparent election absolutely 100 percent
8: so so if 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 you were to lose, and you're ahead, but but if you were to lose, and you went out, and you had all your appeals, they went through. As long as it's
10: fair, honest, and transparent. It's certified.
8: I mean, who's going to determine that? Are you going to determine that, or or oh, if, it if it's like a certified? Looks like my opponent
10: might have to determine that. Well, that's she is the secretary. That's an interesting the conundrum, isn't
8: it? You said something last week. You said that there were 740,000 ballots with no chain of custody. Those ballots shouldn't have been counted. Are you really saying you would throw out the ballots of 740? Thousand, no, no quarters of a I mean those were 740,000 ballots.
10: ballots violated chain of custody requirements in Maricopa County. In
8: Mar- I mean first of all it, it's it's not true I mean the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors put out a 98 page report okay, that went that through is these a allegations.
10: Fact. That is a fact check your facts.
8: We took that claim to Maricopa County officials who refuted Lake and pointed to the statement they issued back in May saying that the county always had control of the ballots adding they quote were sealed in envelopes and secured in boxes that bipartisan couriers are prohibited from opening. But just to be clear, the Republicans on the board of supervisors, the Republican governor, now the Republican candidate for Senate running along with you, uh, the Republican Attorney General under under Donald Trump, Bill Barr, all said that there that there wasn't you know that, that the election was. Was not stolen.
10: Are we going to sit and litigate this? No, I'm just but, wondering why but, they would all but lie. You guys I mean, are obsessed. Well, we have a lot of corruption in this system, and they don't want. I think a lot of people who were responsible for that election know that there were rules broken and laws broken, and they don't want to admit faults, Okay? Like Bill And Barr that's fine. We're going to go forward, and we're going to make sure going forward our elections are secure.
11: This is something even even this election cycle, Joe Biden has said the election reforms in Georgia are Jim Crow 2.0. You have record numbers of people voting early in Georgia, record numbers of African-Americans voting early, and yet the Democrats are saying, it's Jim Crow 2.0? It
12: is. It is. Unfortunately, it is Jim Crow in, in, in the case How is of... That? It, it's, it's Jim Crow, SB202, as you well know, allow anyone to challenge the uh, validity of a voter. There are many African-Americans and others, young people especially, who are going out to vote and they're being challenged. So here's the here's the level set that we should do for 2022. We know that the electoral headwinds have shifted a little bit. Maybe it's, sh- it's shifted Toward the issues that Republicans care about.
8: Crime, well, inflation, gas prices, the absolutely. economy. Absolutely.
12: And, and, and if you list every Immig- one of those issues, mm-hmm. including immigration, there's no plan that the Republicans are offering. What they're offering is a basic. Uh, compact with voters, that they just want power. Here's what I believe. I think that Democrats are going to, once again, surprise the pundits, surprise the status quo. They will do well. Early voting is, is looking good, not just in Arizona, but across the country. Democrats have ideas. They also would challenge these election deniers. Over half of the people running on the Republican side are election deniers. And not only are they election deniers, Many of them showed up at the United States Capitol where we saw over 100, over 140 people, cops, get injured. So this, is go- this election is a referendum on the future and which party will promise to protect, defend, and ensure that every American, defend our democracy and, and, and ensure that every American has freedom and prosperity.
11: Again, record number of African Americans turning out in Georgia right now. I don't see how that's a Jim Crow 2.0. I think that uh, the
9: election this cycle is going
13: and welcome back to Flyover politics podcast it's October 27th year of our lord 2022 episode 635 I feel like dog shit um not having a good couple days' That's why I'm a couple of days late so I apologize um, I'm going to try some new medicine I actually got a job and uh, I can't even accept it because i i can't I can't work like this so um Interesting intro. I wanted to get a spice of lies and Jim Crow is still alive, even though we know that's not true. Georgia set new records. They're still trying to play election deniers and J6. But before I get into the meat, I, I gotta play. I mean, he's a gutsy dude. Ted Cruz went into the Cats' Den
14: the view. Try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said, Trump but stole the election. The don't, yeah, they didn't storm try try to kill Stacey my former Abrams rep- who, said, who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes, and said it was illegitimate, right. and, and, and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's did, illegitimate did when Republicans did, win, the, but not when you, Democrats no, win. No, you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change, but yes. we'll go well, okay, well, okay, okay. did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country I mean, were Antifa burning and, and is. police cars were well, being yeah, fired you Your it. position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really?
15: No, they wanted to nuke our friend Mike Pence. You just accused
14: us of doing something we didn't do. You said Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm saying to you, listen. And she said it's here, and you we were fine come, with her saying it was illegitimate yes, for,
16: for her Republicans it was. to win. She called so Donald Trump the next opinion. morning, and yeah. she conceded the election, Ted. You okay, might took the call. All right. it's sunny she, a she, she sat there while, while Donald Trump Hillary was Clinton sworn says in. Trump is an illegitimate Too president. Hillary Clinton right.
14: says the it's... election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was oh, selected, not paperwork. elected. Joe oh, Biden, Jesus. Al Gore was, was elected president. So Joe Biden yeah. claims George W. Bush was illegitimate. Other, right? or do, or, or, you said Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm saying to you, listen. And she said, stand here, and you were we fine come, with her saying it was illegitimate yes,
16: for, for Republicans her it to win. She called so Donald Trump the next opinion? morning, and yeah. she conceded the election, Ted. You okay, look. I Abrams. All right. Sunny she, has a she, she sat there while, while oh Donald Trump was elected name. Hillary Clinton says Trump is an illegitimate Too president. Hillary Clinton right.
14: says the it's... election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was oh, selected, not paperwork. elected. Joe Biden, Al Gore was was elected president. So Joe Biden. You just said we don't scream at each other, right? Or or is it just you that gets to scream? Okay, no, no, I agree. Okay, then lower your voice, because we are very close to each
13: other. Now, understand, right off the bat, Newsweek did an actual fact check on that, because he said Antifa burned for a year, and they said they didn't burn for a year. But they are... All in. There, there There, was a big uptick this week in Democratic attack ads featuring images of January 6th. And I don't have all the slides on this. Uh, ad from Carter. Uh, center Ford against Derek Van Austin. Ad from House Majority Pack. Ad Democratic Group. I mean, it goes on. This guy did a thread. If you would like to look it up, it's a full page. His name is Ryan Teague Beckwith. Goes at Ryan... Beckwith, B-E-C-K-W-I-T-H. But sadly, the same journalist they're trying to fire because of Fetterman did a focus group and it didn't go too well.
2: Mastriano was at the insurrection and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that Okay.
17: Which area? Because I saw video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away
18: barriers and unlocking Opening doors. doors. People. So oh, that's me. I mean, I... they opened the gates. So and it let shouldn't men. be
2: disqualifying for an elected official no. No, if no, they no, participated in January 6. He,
18: he didn't strike anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Yeah,
2: and the only hurt, one that uh, died was a uh, protester uh, there, not a Capitol police. An Unarmed person.
18: female veteran.
16: Was that's the only one police. that
2: died. That's well, the
19: only one who died.
2: A police officer did die. No. But it was part a stroke.
19: That. That's not. That's not, not on site. by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So,
2: what do you her. make, though, overall of January sixth? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our—you know it's the Capitol. That it looked a true.
19: lot like Antifa's action. Yeah, a me. lot, except on a much smaller scale. It looked the same as the. Black Lives Matter rights. That's it's what a, I it's saw the similarities to be. Minneapolis burns. Kenosha burns.
20: But so it's okay Waukesha just because burns. just because like,
2: one side that you no, disagree with? I'm it's saying antiba okay. infiltrated. Say that it's
20: good for one, it's good for the other.
17: Anybody who harmed anybody, anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, but if you're there making side. your voice heard at the yep. people's house, no less, yep. that, I, that's, again, it's a fundamental constitutional right of an American citizen. And people should not be being held political prisoner uh, because of it
21: for misdemeanors. That's I mean, East Germany. That's East Germany tactics.
16: Yeah, that's what's scary. It was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest,
18: and the other ones that were the off.
5: <laughs> was the protest legitimate our, in your our eyes? Administration, because... I feel like,
18: is using it as their Reichstag fire.
17: Yeah, that's exactly what they're using it as. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you think that President Trump could have quelled the violence that day?
10: Not him personally. I don't no. think no. so. No. I don't, I don't think so. It
16: started while he was still speaking. I was actually there. I, I, I was there to, to see what I thought was going to be the last time I ever saw Trump. A little eye. So did he tell everybody to go and, and start rioting? No, I didn't think so. No, I, <laughs> and actually, um, I, I, I stayed for the whole speech. Like. A ton of people did. Mm-hmm. And then we all headed to the Capitol because he said, let's go to the Capitol and, and peacefully, let, peacefully let our voices toward... be heard. And we get to the Capitol and we're like, what the hell's going on? Because it had already happened.
11: I'm pretty sure I saw Democratic operatives instigating people to oh, cross totally. barriers. They
13: are so desperate. I mean, this is the fact checker over at CNN about election deniers, but they're not including any election deniers that were Democrats who denied the 2000, denied the 2004, denied the 2016, denied the 2018. They, they didn't cover any of that. And this very week, while they're talking about all these election deniers, uh, it is the witching season. So Hillary Clinton came out and she ran another one.
22: Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it the right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote, or even by the anachronistic Electoral College, but by state legislatures—many of them Republican-controlled. But there's also good news in the face of this very real threat to democracy. Indivisible has launched, "Crush the coup, to make sure we're ready to defend democracy in 2024. They've put together a list of critical races in six key states and how you can get involved. Will you support Crush the Coup by donating to indivisible and state legislature candidates? Each of these races is highly competitive and your dollars could very well decide the winners and the winner of the next presidential election. This could not be more important or more urgent.
13: So we're, we're still talking about the sanctity of elections. We had the queen of it,
9: Cheney, out again. Let's talk about a speaker, Kevin McCarthy. You clearly think this is a mistake, uh, that he will... Uh, you were you concerned about his speakership. What specifically concerns you?
3: Well, look, the speaker is second in line to the presidency. And at every moment uh, since, frankly, the aftermath of the election in 2020, uh, when uh, Minority Leader McCarthy has had the opportunity to do the right thing or do something that serves his own political purpose, he always chooses to serve his own political purpose. And, you know, that extends to what we've seen just in the last few days with these comments about Uh, Aid to Ukraine. The idea that somehow the party is now no longer going to support the Ukrainian people, which, you know, for somebody who has a picture of Ronald Reagan on the the wall of his office in the Capitol, uh, the notion that now. Kevin McCarthy is going to make himself the leader of the pro-Putin wing of my party is just a stunning thing. Uh, It's dangerous. He knows better, but the fact that he's willing to go down the path of suggesting that America will no longer stand for freedom, Mm -hmm. I think, tells you he's willing to sacrifice everything for his own political gain. Do you think
9: at all this is just gamesmanship? He just wants the Democrats to do it in the lame duck, or do you think this is a reflection of an isolationist streak that's? actually taking hold inside the Republican Party?
3: We certainly have isolationists inside our party. Mm -hmm. We have isolationists inside the Democratic Party as well. Uh, But but leaders have to lead. And when you have the leader of the Republican Party suggesting that, that we can play with the fire of isolationism, suggesting that somehow the American people will not support uh, the fight for freedom, which is the front lines of freedom right now happening in, in Ukraine, the battle between uh, Putin and Zelensky. And uh, the notion that he would be willing to embrace that to enable it um, tells you he's just not fit for the office.
9: I want to ask you, let I play for you something? You brought up Kerry Lake. Uh, I want to play for you. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin was campaigning with her. He was specifically asked by my colleague, uh, Garrett Haake, about your critique of Republicans that were campaigning with Kerry Lake. Here was his response.
23: I believe that every state deserves a Republican governor, and Arizona deserves another Republican governor.
9: A lot of Republicans in the last three weeks that I would describe as uh, empathetic to what you've been doing have suddenly found themselves deciding, hey, party over country. What do you make of those decisions?
3: You know, I think they they are really indefensible decisions. And, uh, you know, I've said I think that uh, Glenn Youngkin has uh, done a good job as governor of Virginia, um, but nobody should be out uh, advocating for the election of people who uh, will not honor the sanctity of our elections process. And, you know, people who do that are, in fact, putting politics a- ahead of the Constitution and ahead of the Con-
13: of course, I sent a bunch of tweets out and asked her, "Where is that sanctity?" We're, we're not caring about the sanctity of elections when Hillary Clinton is running around saying things, and it's okay. We even had a guy to go to a, pro- a, a protest. That comedian guy, and he got spit on.
24: Oh. Oh. Let you speak. I'm going to speak. You should have been aborted. Go, Go should have oh. been aborted. That's That's you,
25: it. a boarding. You should <laughs> have
24: You a know it's what a fascist she even ever, is! Ever. I'm I'm louder. You louder. You louder. Funny that so you many know. people hate it's you, right? It's it's right? That's hilarious. Hey, what's up, Go man? let you man. We won't let you We you nothing to end We will you We not let you I'm so scared. You're my favorite. You're
15: Everyone hates you. are my favorite. Fuck you. you, pas- you fuck you, 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 you. are the reason you're Fuck
24: you. Why Fuck you. fashion! Fuck you. Fuck Fuck you. Fuck you. you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. you. Fuck Fuck you. Fuck you. 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 Uh, oh my fucking god fuck you bitches my fucking god fuck you fucking atau-. uh, so <speaking> like chatter- just- right fuck Jen- right SHARPEN- no you bitches fuck 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 you fuck you bitches fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you you Bro, your your oh, you, bro, bro, bro. I said that to you Destiny the other day, oh, we're no, yeah. down, yeah. fucking crying do to Destiny, okay, he's fucking oh, gonna, gonna, gonna piss, gonna piss his pants, the he's right. crying to fucking Destiny, big oh big my big god, big yeah. god that was fucking yeah. hilarious, yeah, you're yeah, you're, yeah. You're, I bet you were sitting there fucking doing nothing, fucking pussy, fuck you fascist, fuck you fascist, fuck you fascist, you Fuck mom. Fuck God, versus, fucking mom, how do you your Fucking bitch, Fucking you bitch, Fucking bitch, <laughs> your no, Fucking bitch. Bitch. bitch, You're Fucking fuck you. bitch, Triggered. Child, I triggered. I yeah, from the police! Come here! He needs a safe space. So get this it's poor guy right safe space. Why would you my right side? How could you be oh, so? i going this way. All the protesters are moving. All right, guys, all the protesters are moving that way.
17: Yeah, for the people that want to limit free speech, that's the a future—a very bleak future. That's one of the few rights that are guaranteed to us, is the fact that we're allowed to say what we want, where we want, even if we don't agree with those views. So the sad reality is that this is the future. These
24: people do not want let—they don't want to let people speak if they have a different viewpoint. So speak. that is the sad. Reality, but they just let you today. speak. There they didn't stop cowards. you. They just shouted back at you. Yeah, but I'm saying you guys are cowards trying to shut it down. A guy trying was, to make a speech. Hey, hey. No no a friend this, friend. He, he broke my sign. <laughs> Mr. Stein, Definitely how do
11: you feel about Dan Crenshaw? This, uh, he's is a rhino. He Dan gets, Crenshaw needs to get out of here. I poll is supposed said is Are you allowed? Everybody, cuts. to go inside. It is dying. I gotta be. I gotta. I gotta ask
24: you.
26: Will thousand everyone yeah, be allowed, allowed inside? A of a
17: of if you want Discord, are you allowed? You didn't answer my question.
26: None of
13: it's working though. This is a poll that only 8% of Americans have actually changed their vote or their mind from the committee, because they realized it was just one bad day and we're comparing it, as Ted Cruz aptly said, with the whole summer, that you just tore shit up and it was okay. We have case after case of this. Here's a sex offender, now murderer. Here's this girl, she got murdered. Oh, there was a school shooting this week. Did you hear about that? No, you probably didn't because it was a black kid. It was in East St. Louis. They didn't cover it. Here's another one, went out and did shit, had an ankle monitor on it. Still went out and fucked shit up. Oh, did you hear about Rubio getting beat up? Yeah, his, his workers got beat up by leftists. That didn't make the paper either. Oh, and by the way, the Waukesha guy, he got convicted. None of that made the news. And See, people are seeing through it. We're, we're not stupid. So when you do, in the current Trends hold up. Republicans are likely to take over, the least the House and quite possibly Senate, too, along with many other offices. This is how democracies die because people vote, and that would aptly be said to be what? Election interference. You're not supposed to say that stuff. What are you doing? That's interference. But they can do it. How about the border? Late last night, 2.4 million encounters. That's the fiscal year. 2.4 million. Media didn't cover it. It didn't cover it. Why would they cover it? Come on. Come on, man. It's not that important. Knocking out fucking canvassers. Eh, it doesn't matter. Google sending all their intentionally sending Republican emails to spam is being, there's a lawsuit going on. They won't get anything. They did it on purpose. Actual articles having to come out. Could women be arrested for having an unlawful abortion? No. No, no, they can't. They can't. And, And even the Georgia stuff is leaked out record breaking. They moved an M, M- major leagues baseball game because of the lies. This 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 is what democracy looks like, I guess. I mean I don't know. I I, I just know they're playing games again, so I'm election denying, but Hillary Clinton did it and the Dems do it and all the media does it. I guess I'm good to go to do it, because now they're saying it's going to take days. Days. And why is that? Well, Fetterman was an uneven debater before a stroke in May. Fetterman, like in our interview, sometimes struggles with finding the right transition words, but he clearly understands the questions and knows what his answers and values are. Well, that's a low bar. President, if you don't vote for him, they'll undo everything that we've done. That's scary. The campaign was so full of shit that they literally accused the TV station of fucking him because he had to use a teleprompter. Once again, before the media spin
23: how can you defend this and how can a man you know with with you know 10 gigantic mansions you know has uh, unwilling to talk about a a willing wage for anybody imagine a signal mom trying with two children trying to raise with them realizing making thirty one thousand dollars a year you know fifteen dollars an hour
14: as lieutenant governor you're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in washington What qualifies you to be a
23: U.S. Senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi, good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania.
3: Has the Biden administration overspent? And if so, where do you think spending should be cut? You have 60 seconds.
23: No, here's what I think we have to fight about inflation here right now. That's what we need to fight about inflation, you know, right now, because it's a tax on working families, you know. How do you defend that?
13: I mean, I I look back now, and even though it's really hurt, and I I was pretty vindictive and wanted to do stuff, and, and my podcast post getting fired, I was pretty angry, but now I get it. I couldn't do my job. I was too sick. This guy's going to be in the Senate. And I understand they don't give a fuck. They just vote for the D. And as you'll see in the media in a second, it's all about just having that vote so they can push through more far left shit that nobody wants. But when you look at the president of the United States and then you look at this Fetterman cat, I look at the family members and go, what a garbage human you are. It's abuse. This guy, when you start with, hello, everybody, good night. You're not there. His answer for fracking was fracking, fracking, fracking. The guy is not there. He had a major, major stroke. He should have withdrew if he was Republican, he would have been forced to withdraw by the media. But you're about to see the jerk off of the week. And even Obama came on board to polish this turd.
24: My politics, the media joke of the week.
23: In Pennsylvania, you've got some important choices to make this year, including who represents you in the U.S. Senate. That's why I'm asking you to vote for John Fetterman this election day, November 8th. So when the fate of our democracy and a woman's right to choose are on the line, I know John will fight for Pennsylvanians. You can count on John Fetterman. Make sure he can count on you.
15: Uh, so let's take a closer look now. We see an in senior political analyst, John Ablon, picking up where Jessica left off. So just earlier this morning, about an hour ago, I spoke with former Democratic governor, Ed mm-hmm. Rendell, and former Republican congressman from Pennsylvania, uh, Charlie Dent. And what I was struck by, I asked uh, the governor out of the gate, do you think John Fetterman should have debated? And he said no.
7: Yeah, I mean, look, I think a lot of Democrats are, are feeling that way. And, and I think you've got to give credit to Fetterman. Um, for showing up, because it's a risky decision, it's a gutsy decision, knowing how debilitating the stroke was mm-hmm. against the backdrop of him saying that doctors have assured him that this is something that can be recovered from. Um, there are a lot of politicians who don't debate, they're afraid to debate, mm-hmm. they don't want to get on stage and be subjected to attacks that they feel are, are unwarranted. whatever their reasons are. So for, for Fetterman to decide to step up and take this risk and display his, his, his current disability for all to see, was a gutsy decision. I also think it was the right thing for the voters of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. More importantly, whether it's the right thing politically for Democrats, because they deserve, all voters deserve to see a side-by-side comparison and argument between the two candidates.
15: Do you think it was an accurate side-by-side comparison?
7: In the sense of of who Fetterman may ultimately be? No, it's a snapshot in time. Right. It's a snapshot in time of a candidate who had a severe stroke. And I think it does raise questions about transparency of the campaign, Mm -hmm. whether Democrats having known the severity of the stroke, could have up until i believe august selected a different candidate but this is the choice reflecting voters and they'll have to factor in individual performance uh the idea that fetterman along all you know estimates is someone who will
9: recover from this Mm -hmm. so this is a snap overnight democrat john fetterman and republican dr Mehmet oz face off in the high stakes elections only debate fighting for the state's open Senate seat, Fetterman's recent stroke front and center, as the candidates clash over abortion and crime.
21: The stakes are high and the circumstances are unique. John Fetterman, the Democrat, is still recovering after suffering a stroke, and even his campaign will tell you this is unprecedented. Never before in such a high-profile race has closed captioning been used during a debate, and Fetterman addressed it head on. From the start of the debate, Democrat John Fetterman cut to the chase, directly addressing what he called the elephant in the room. Behind the moderators, two big monitors, Questions and answers were closed captioned. In their first and only debate, the candidates on the attack. Fetterman asked if he supports President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. But on a major issue of the night, abortion. Fetterman drawing a clear contrast.
0: The two candidates telling voters why they are the right man for the job here in Pennsylvania. It's got huge implications for the country and which party has power in Washington. Now, this was a first and only debate between Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz. it included fiery exchanges on abortion rights, the economy, and a range of other issues. But with early voting already underway, John Fetterman's health was also a topic.
17: Last night's debate, it was a crucial crossroads in the battle for the Senate. It was also reflective of the state of politics in Pennsylvania and the nation. Tense exchanges on the issues and on character. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman started off the hour-long debate assuring voters he's still capable of doing the job while his GOP opponent Dr. Mehmet Oz, went straight to attacking his opponent as soft on crime. The two clashed on abortion and things got heated when they were asked about families struggling with the high cost of college tuition. Fetterman's use of a closed captioning device during the debate where he read questions in real time on a screen above the moderators sparked debate on social media with some observers seeing a strong performance amid recovery while others cast him as unsteady. Democrat
15: John Fetterman
10: and Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz face off on the issues. This debate was highly anticipated, not just by voters here in Pennsylvania, but people across the country. It's an extremely tight race. Vetterman using closed captioning to assist with auditory processing, battling Dr. Oz, but experiencing some stumbles throughout the debate, particularly during an exchange over fracking, challenged by the moderators for past contradictory comments.
23: I I do support fracking and I don't, I don't, I support fracking.
5: I mean, showing up for an hour debate And it was, as he said, starting out, he he said he was going to talk about the elephant in the room. You played the clip. He said, I'm going to miss words. And and you could tell I I wrote in my story about how in my interview with him, there was a moment where he became frustrated and stressed out. And it made some of his communicative problems worse. And I think that this context and what you described as the insanely high stakes of this election, this single debate, clearly, This was a candidate who was feeling stress and there was such intense scrutiny, often ableist scrutiny on how he was going to communicate. And he just did a debate in front of, you know, the nation.
27: Uh, That's your defense. He was radically transparent. He won't release any of his medical records. He's radically transparent. Was he? Hmm. Interesting. So Your defense is we're so proud of Timmy. I mean, this is honestly you want to talk about ableist? How about the idea that everybody in America is supposed to just wink and nod at the fact that the person can't speak English properly? How about that? That's not ableist. That's a qualification. That is a qualification for office. This is the equivalent of you're applying to be a firefighter and you show up. And it turns out that tragically, the week before, a tree fell on you and handicapped you and you show up and people are like, look at the bravery of this man who's auditioning to be a firefighter, who's applying to be a firefighter. Sure, he's incapable of carrying out the job. Sure, he's not going to be able to, you know, roll his way up those stairs and carry out another human being who's unconscious thanks to smoke inhalation. But isn't Timmy brave? Like, no, this is not how this works. This is an application to be in the United States. And it's not ableist to say that you should be able to process language. My God, I know our standards have fallen for high office have fallen. I mean, the president of the United States is not no longer alive. But have they fallen so far that, that it is now considered An act of bigotry to demand that your Senate candidates be able to speak the English language and understand the English language?
10: Well, given how he performed recovering from his stroke, Michael, some Republicans are out there tonight saying that Fetterman is unfit. He should withdraw. But do they not have a race in the state of Georgia? Someone running for the very same position in Herschel Walker, who's facing family scandals, lies about his past jobs, and in his last debate, Pulled out a prop badge and somehow believes he has some sort of adjunct role with the local police force.
25: Clearly, uh, Mr. Walker is delusional. Uh, but I mean, I, I mean that that's just a sideshow. When we talk about Pennsylvania, John Fetterman tried his best under difficult circumstances. Mr. Oz, as a doctor, I think literally violated the Hippocratic oath. Uh, He would never have advised any patient of his, I think, I hope, would have never advised any patient of his uh, in the aftermath of a stroke to even be on a debate stage. John Fetterman was valiant in his effort. He tried his best to answer the questions that were asked. Mr. Oz did not. And I want to give that credit uh, to, uh, to John Fetterman. For trying to do his best under a certain set of circumstances that were not favorable for him, but he gave a valiant effort. I admire what John Fetterman tried to do tonight, and and Mr. Oz should be ashamed of himself uh, for the things that he said, uh, the positions that he has taken. He has no legitimacy in this race. He parachuted into Pennsylvania. He's trying to steal a seat.
0: When uh, Pennsylvania with a Senate race, it's got huge implications for the country in which party has power in Washington. Now, this was a first and only debate between Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz. It included fiery exchanges on abortion rights, the economy, and a range of other issues. But with early voting already underway, John Fetterman's health was also a topic. Robert Costas following this campaign. Bob, good morning to you. He started right off the bat saying, let's address the elephant in the room. Good to see you. you. He did,
17: Gail. Good morning. Good to be with you. Last night's debate, it was a crucial crossroads in the battle for the Senate. It was also reflective of the state of politics in Pennsylvania and the nation. Tense exchanges on the issues and on character.
23: And let's also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that.
17: Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman started off the hour-long debate assuring voters he's still capable of doing the job of Senator five months after having
23: a stroke. I might miss some words during this debate, Mush two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm gonna keep coming back up.
17: While his GOP opponent, Dr. Mehmet Oz, went straight to attacking
7: his opponent as soft on crime. John Fetterman, during this crime wave, has been trying to get as many murderers, convicted and sentenced to life in
23: prison, out of jail as possible. He has no experience, he has never made any attempt to try to address crime during his entire career, except showing up for photo ops here in Philadelphia.
7: The two clashed on abortion. I don't want the federal government involved with that at all. I want women, doctors, local political leaders, letting the democracy that's always allowed our nation to thrive, to put the best ideas forward so
23: states can decide for themselves. If you believe that the choice for abortion belongs between you and your doctor, that's what I fight for. Roe v. Wade, for me, is should be the law. He celebrated when Roe v. Wade went down. The abortion decision should be left up to states, and specifically when John John you roll with Doug Mastriano. John, when I'm one, you
17: one, thinking, one John, moment, you'll have your moment, turn, John. And things got heated when they were asked about families struggling with the high cost of college tuition.
7: Basically, what John Fetterman and Joe Biden are, 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 are arguing for is for plumbers. Who didn't go to college and couldn't for a bunch of reasons afford it to pay the bills of lawyers who went to graduate school and haven't paid their debt back.
23: Dr. Oz, you know, loves free free money when it's a, a half a million dollar tax break on one of his, you know, homes down in a ranch in Florida and whether it was a $50 tax break, you know, about his farm in Montgomery County. So
17: Fetterman's use of a closed captioning device during the debate where he read questions in real time on a screen above the moderators sparked debate on social media with Everybody some observers seeing a strong performance amid recovery, while others cast him as unsteady.
23: I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking.
17: Fetterman would not say if he would release more of his medical records, but argued that he has been transparent.
23: I believe if my doctor believes that I'm fit to serve and and that's what I believe is appropriate.
17: Fetterman's advisors tell CBS News that in the coming days they will make abortion rights a focal point. And they claim that in the hours after the debate, Fetterman raised more than one million dollars. Meanwhile, Mem and Oz will campaign today with Nikki Haley, the former Trump administration diplomat. Gail?
16: I just wanted to add on the Fetterman conversation. Yeah, yeah. That what makes the Republicans think that Herschel Walker is coherent and he hasn't had a stroke? <laughs> point. I'm going to read to you what Herschel Walker said on on climate change. Mm-hmm. He said, "We don't control the air. Our good air decided to float over to China's bad air." Okay, that That's that a very oh, valid okay. point. Okay. Okay. It it's about That's the bell. good air and the bad air. But you know, this guy, uh, Desantis, has the charisma of this cup. Okay. Yeah. I think when 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 Chris says, "Are you going to run in 2024?" Yeah. He looks like he has a, he's having a stroke. He can't even answer that simple question. Yeah. yeah. The Republican yeah. Party. He's running a bunch of ads about showing Fetterman uh, uh, stumbling on things because of the stroke. Mm -hmm. What kind of a doctor is behind that? Aren't you supposed
0: to do no harm? It's so unempathetic to the guy. It was really strange to me that he chose to bully a stroke victim, Yeah, right? Like, he obviously was bullying him. And, um, you know, I don't think the people of Pennsylvania or the people in general um, liked that because Fetterman raised $1 million after that debate. And I think it takes real courage to show that you've been knocked down. I think it takes real bravery to allow people to see your weakness. Actual
13: tweets that I dug up. Tonight's hour-long exchange was in some ways a Rorschach test of comfort with disability. We are a culture of sound bites, mic drops, and clapbacks. To speak in any way that deviates from the norm is to summon ridicule and judgment. Put the analysis to the side for a second. What John Fetterman is doing right now in the midst of his recovery so publicly on the same stage as smirking TV doctors are remarkably brave. I'm thankful for him. There's no amount of empathy for understanding about Fetterman's health and recovery that changes the fact that this is absolutely painful to watch. I personally think that Fetterman speaking with a disability is less painful and off-putting than watching Oz. And it goes on... And on and on, because it's all about he has the most important characteristic. He has a D behind his name. A D. It's unbelievable. They even tried to say that they got fucked by captioning. Captioning. Think about that. But when you're getting this all day long, there will be no condoms. There will be no abortion. There will be no plan B. There will be no birth control. Republicans will ban them all nationwide, all 50 states in D.C. They're literally promised to do this, and we need to listen and take action. It's not true. And then when they weren't doing this, Ron DeSantis is a fascist, Daniel Unfelder. Rob Reiner, in the next 16 days, Americans decide if we want to remain a constitutional democracy and live under fascism. Dino Medaya: over 50% of GOP nominees in 2022 are democracy deniers, blah, blah, blah. Inflation is temporary. Fascism is forever. The woman Carrie Lake, this is Steve Schmidt, is an imbecile, truly. No Carrie Lake, JFK, RFK, and MLK would not have been mega white nationalist. Carrie Lake is a political descendant of the Bund and Lindbergh. The voice of fascism is in the smooth and unaccented, dulcent tones of a local news anchor woman. If you did that for a woman that was Democrat, that would be considered sexist. Ali, imagine if columnists were hired in prestigious newspapers and magazines the past two years to discuss fascism and right-wing extremism instead of all the money, ink, and time spent on the dangers of wokeness. Alas, well, at least those writers and thinkers subsided their futures. Subsidized, sorry. Tell me this isn't fascism all because woke, which would be a synonym for treating all people and the planet with respect and dignity. On the one hand, the return of fashion is scary. On the other hand, it's so comical and incompetent. This is a Rorsar check, but it's not the way you think it is. It is that you guys will vote for anything that has a D. And that's really all that matters. It's all about the D. Here's a couple choice. Franklin and Acosta, Vesci, Maggie Hamerman. When they're not talking about fascism, they're talking about Nazism or they're talking about Trump.
28: i don't think we've gotten the economic message out enough i totally agree with him you know mccarthy said and scalise has said that the first thing they're going to do is cut social security and medicare and they're you're going like well they can't do that unless if the president vetoes it but they're going to hold they say they're going to hold the debt limit hostage I've been there when they tried to hold the debt limit hostage. And you know what would happen if it went over, if, if we let that happen. The world economy would fall apart. The U.S. dollar would cease to be the go-to currency in, 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 in the world. It would be an economic disaster, and they're threatening that. And so usually Republicans at this point in the election take ad out Democrats are saying we're going to cut Social Security and Medicare. They're lying. We're not going to do that. Now they're saying we're going to do that. (laughs) They are. Scott, you get the last
18: word. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'd just like to respond to that. That's not what Republicans are saying at all. Republicans have an advantage in this election because they're actually running on the issues that all the polls tell us that the most people care about, inflation, economy, crime. It's the top issue in every national poll, it's the top issues in almost every state poll where the big races are taking place. The problem for the Democrats in this election is that they're fishing off the wrong pier. They made their entire bet. Their entire bet was on abortion, and abortion has fallen down to like sixth, seventh, or eighth place. I can read a poll, and right now what I'm seeing in the polls is that voters don't think the Democrats are good enough are smart enough, and on it, they just don't like them. I mean, that's the bottom line. The Democrats have failed to what respond the to the people's to? top issues in this election.
28: I don't know. That, for the that, that might. That might. Stuart Smalley. I was
29: going to say that might give Al the last this. word
9: here.
28: <laughs> I will say this both McCarthy and Scalise have said this. And you can't deny that, Scott. They have said they're not no one, cutting Social don't, Security. Don't they're not they cutting said Medicare. It. They, said it out they loud. are
18: going to stop out of control spending that's driven the country into an inflationary spiral. That
28: is true. They're not cutting entitlements. Come on. No, They said they would. Uh, Jim, why don't you fact check it? You, you can see you, there's plenty of coverage of it. Both Scalise There was a fact and, check this week. Uh, Joe Biden has been
18: saying the same McCarthy thing you're saying.
11: On the line with us, Maggie Haberman, the uh, the Pulitzer Prize winning senior political reporter at The New York Times. Uh, she has a new book out, Confidence Man, The Making of Donald Trump and the Breaking of America. And uh, Maggie, welcome back to the program. I, this is a, uh, a Maggie NYT, by the way, on Twitter um, and and of course, New York Times. Uh, this is a remarkable book. I, I remember back in the 80s, I, I lived in, in Germany for almost two years and read, in addition to Shearer's book about, you know, uh, the rise and fall of the Third Reich, several biographies of Hitler. And some of them just kind of reduced it to, to just this ordinary pedestrian uh, notion of, you know, the man and, and I, I'm, I'd like to ask you, you know, what's your assessment of Donald Trump, beyond all this, you know, all the detail and all these, in terms of his danger to America?
2: First of all, thanks for having me. Second of all, the assessment of him really, really is in the book. Uh, I tried not to write a book of takes. I wrote a book of reporting uh, and people can read from it and and, and take what they want from it. Uh, I think that where we see going forward with Trump, you know, we're seeing it. Today, we're seeing it yesterday as he's making statements on his social media site. Yesterday, a, a, an anti-Semitic statement about U.S. Jews. Uh, today, he's attacking a Republican Senate candidate in Colorado for trying for the faintest of distance between himself and Donald Trump. You know, I think he is going to remain a, a powerful force in Republican politics, certainly, uh, over the next at least year and and probably into 2024, even if he doesn't run, which I think he will. Um, but the things that he is saying about the elections and the things that he is saying about the 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 systems that are in place in this country are incredibly destabilizing and i think that that is going to be obviously an enormous story going forward uh, but it's very clear if you think about what democrats want to do if you think about what uh, congressional democrats and this president have already done lower costs. Uh, If you think about um, what we're what we're doing with our economic policies, creating jobs, making an economy uh, that is that doesn't leave anybody behind, but builds it from the bottom up and the middle out. That is so incredibly important. And what congressional Republicans want to do is take that all away.
19: Adam Laxalt is not the first Republican to blame the Biden administration for inflation, but this rationale is especially foolish. You might not like precisely how the Biden administration or the Federal Reserve is handling inflation, but the problem is a global one, not one created by this White House. Let's look at inflation rates around the world in the month of September. Turkey and Argentina, unusual cases to be sure, have inflation rates over 83%. In Turkey, the lira has been weakening over some time, something that's not happening in the United States. In Argentina, cash is virtually worthless versus the American dollar, which is extremely strong against major world currencies. Okay, so let's look at economies that are more, shall we say, normal. Inflation in the Netherlands hit an annual rate of 14.5% in September, mainly due to a rise in energy and housing costs. I wonder if President Biden's been meddling with the Dutch energy policies, too. In the United Kingdom, inflation hit a 40-year high at 10.1%. A recent ill-fated package of tax cuts has roiled the British markets and led to the resignation of the Prime Minister after just 44 days. Officials are warning residents to prepare for a tough winter. Earlier in the month, the utility firm National Grid warned that there could be planned three-hour power outages in the, uh, this winter if the UK uh, doesn't get the gas supplies that it needs. Does Joe Biden have a hand in that, too? I'll keep going down the list. Germany's inflation rate 10%, the EU 9.9%, Spain and Italy 8.9%, Mexico 8.7%. Joe Biden must be the president of the world. Look at all the inflation that he and Democrats are causing everywhere. America's inflation rate is 8.2%. While high, it's lower than that of the Netherlands, the UK, the entire EU and Mexico. When you open it up to the entire world, there are 100 economies with higher inflation rates right now than america countries struggling with soaring prices have a few things in common the lingering effects of the coronavirus pandemic continued supply chain issues and the consequences of the russian invasion of ukraine let me guess joe biden managed to single-handedly
13: his numbers are so bad they're even running this one hug and one selfie at a time biden mission to connect with americans this is the guy that called people bull Connor called it Jim Eagle, said if you do not agree with him on everything, you're a fucking Nazi, a terrorist, sick the DOJ on pro-life groups, sick the DOJ on parents for not wanting CRT and LGBTQ+++, and their shit. I mean, they will defend this. Here's our sink. Look at this idiot. He's just like Fetterman.
29: The Republican leadership in Congress has made it clear. They will crash the economy next year by threatening the full faith and credit of the United States for the first time in our history, putting the United States in default, unless unless we yield to their demand to cut Social Security Medicare.
26: So, let's say Trump doesn't run again. Convince on Gloria that she should stick with you.
29: Well, I think Aunt Gloria should take a look. I, I, I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think that's totally legitimate. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to... Uh, to you know watch me you know am i slowing up am i don't have the same pace or you know uh and that old joke you know uh um everybody talks about the you know the new 70s 50s and all that stuff you know i uh, you know it could be I, i'm a great respecter of faith i could get a disease tomorrow i could you know drop dead tomorrow but i you know in terms of my energy level in terms of how much I'm able to do, I think people should look and say, does he still have the same passion for what he's doing? And if they think I do and I can do it, then that's fine. If they don't, then they should vote against me. not against me, they should encourage me not to go. But that's not how I feel. I can't even say the age I'm going to be. I can't (laughs) even get it out of my mind. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10,000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. This ain't your father's Republican Party. Not, Not a joke. This is not your father's Republican Party. This is not your father's Republican Party. This is a different deal. They are not, they are not who we are. They're not who America is. Because this is not your father's Republican Party. This, I call them the new Republican Party. This is not your father's Republican Party. I remember working with Republicans, Republicans. And by the way, this ain't your father's Republican Party. This is not your father's Republican Party. This is a different group of folks, ladies and gentlemen. Not every Republican is a MAGA Republican. Not every Republican embraces that extreme ideology. And not all Republicans but the radical right in the Republican Party. He's not healthy.
13: I mean, it's so bad and they know it's so bad. This is a reporter, Nancy Cook. The Biden White House seems particularly intent on the press not asking any questions of POTUS 14 days out from the midterms, with White House aides screaming in the faces of reporters who try to ask Biden cues following each event today. But, you know, he's a Democrat. So let's get into the race elements. Jamel Hill, the proximity to whiteness is a real thing. Also reminds me of an adage I heard a long time ago about how the oppressed begin to take on the traits of the oppressors. Because Dade County might flip because Latinos are sick of their shit. So I want to play a little everyone is racist or everything is racist. And I hear replacement theory in here. And I was told that was wrong.
24: Everything is racist. According to me, everything is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is
26: racist. According to me, everything is racist. You you framed it correctly. Yeah, I can put a person of color out there uh, and say, hey, they're part of our team. But when they open their mouths, do the team that they're on hear them, number one? And the team you want to put them in front of to pretend like there's some kind of connection, do they accept them? Because you just can't go out with black face and black skin and 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 start talking stuff that is not resonating in the black community or the Hispanic community or the community that you come from beyond your politics. And I think that's the part of the cynical nature of politics that for me inside the party for years has been so offensive and you know, various times in many ways tried to correct. Um, and we had some success in that, but that's not what we are now.
15: Yeah, and I think you make such a good point. It's the policies, not the people. So sending someone out to perpetuate your racist policies, but because you put a person of color out there is not going to resonate. But Lucy, listen, it's not just a racial component here. There's also a gender element here. And so they're all men. And they, you know, kicked Liz Cheney out the boys club. So I just wonder um, when it comes to what we talked about in Georgia, Brian Kemp, white women outpaced white men in terms of voting for Brian Kemp when he was talking uh, um, anti-choice policies then. So I wonder how do you think they, the the conservative voting white women, how do you think they reconcile their choices when the party doesn't even look like them or reflect their interests, sometimes.
5: Well, that's right. I mean, we were talking about people of color in the U.S. Senate. Your three senators of color are Tim Scott, Margot Rubio, or Ted Cruz. Yeah, right. Well, Mazie Hirono, Senator Mazie <laughs> Hirono. I want to include her <laughs> of Republicans.
15: Oh, oh, Repub- <laughs> forgive me. I was going to say there's Bob sure. Menendez. You're on yeah. the Republican <laughs> side. Never mind. My right? apologies. We're
5: starting. We're starting at a yeah. baseline that's not great. Yeah. In terms of, I think that the whole strategy among Republicans, whether it's among candidates or among elected once I get in is there's a I don't want to say tokenism but there is a an, an absolute attitude of what can I do to make um uh, middle-class white people feel yeah. comfortable with what we're doing here, right? Yeah. So, um, so tokenism on some level. That is tokenism, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, I'm a woman, but don't worry. I am anti-abortion yeah. and I would never, right? You're I'm like, black, but I'm, I'm black, anti-affirmative but affirmative action. It, exactly.
12: yeah. But that thing about narrative, there is this thing that's happening in the mainstream media that they say, oh, um, Hispanic voters are going Republican, as if they are now a solid Republican group because you do have some South Texas counties that are shifting read but we pulled up the data I mean there are all of these Washington Post Latino vote shifted toward Republicans will it again NPR Democrats are losing Latino voters. Dallas Morning News Republicans pin their hope on the Latino vote on and on and on but so we pulled the data Telemundo did a a poll of Latino voters and they prefer Democratic control of Congress 54 percent to 33 percent it's not even close the narrative doesn't match the data Why do you suppose that narrative is taking
20: hold? Well, I've been pulling my hair out for the last couple of months as I've seen story after story after story that you mentioned acting as though the Latino vote is somehow firmly a Republican vote now, which couldn't be further from the truth because when you poll it, Latinos are still firmly democratic. Yes, there was movement in 2020, but they still are firmly democratic. My worry, Joy, is that this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, basically. people. You know, that aren't, that are not super political. They, you know, that's not all they do is follow politics. They start to think, hey, oh, okay. Uh, oh, folks are going Republican now. There is a bandwagon effect that I fear can happen based on essentially inaccurate narrative that is out there over and over and over again. What that takes on the other side is very hard organizing, door knocking phone calling, going and doing what Beto O'Rourke and his campaign and other campaigns are doing, especially in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, where we de- did see some hemorrhaging of support for Democrats, uh, and and making sure yep. that folks understand what the stakes are and that the Hispanic community gets
21: that tough If you push too hard on, say, a white elected official, that you lose access, that there's a backlash. That's true, that there's always a backlash. Now, the intensity of the backlash depends upon... Uh, I guess, who the person is, because we've seen extremes when it comes to that. But no, there's always, and then especially for someone like me, who is not only a Black woman, but someone from a network or a a, a, uh, entity, a news entity that they don't perceive as mainstream. There is a thought that, oh, I can do whatever you want to do. No, 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 no. The strength of standing in the press room comes from, or in the press, comes from intrinsically understanding who I am, um, how I show up in this nation. You know, understanding that helps me navigate that room for a win for me and for the people who trust me, read me, watch me, listen to me. It's a win if I can show up authentically me and still ask the questions, but understanding I have to navigate. My navigation is different from many of those who are in that room, that room that's predominantly white. My backlash may be a lot different than others. You know, for instance, I haven't gotten an interview with the president of the United States yet. President Biden? Not the president. Mm -mm. Do you know why? Hmm, you tell me. It I might be really along know. some of what you said. Be- <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I mean, I along it, that line of what you said, um, that surprises you know, me. I, why does it surprise? I am. I ask the tough questions, and I know I know a lot of times the answers. And sometimes, if the answers are not where I know they are, I may challenge. And some people get upset. Some people are like, mm, you know. You know, I I guess
26: I'm doing my job. Two out of three trifling (laughs) white men are gonna vote for the bigoted, misogynist president, right? Our bench has to play like stars because a majority of white men are gonna play like scrubs, all right?
15: Joining me now is who you've all been tweeting me about and asking for justice correspondent for the nation and my friend, Ellie Mistaw. Ellie, I'm so happy to have you here. Obviously the audience is too, you're the that everybody's been waiting to see.
26: I refuse to let these people take my joy, having defeated them um, for at least the next four years. I refuse to let them take my joy, march all they want. I hope they get frostbite.
11: We know that the angry old white men vote, they show up to vote every time anyway. There's nothing new to be gained there. There's no way to grow the Republican party off of that demographic. However, the women vote, the minority vote, those are exploding right now for the democrats
16: these white men old by the way, Mm -hmm. are not protecting women. When you have a room full of men, old white men making decisions about women's bodies. There's a bunch of old white guys trying to silence me.
7: I would love to see the reactions of all those old white men (laughs) having to face a trans woman. They wanted to lock up for life simply because she couldn't handle grinning and bearing it while the U.S. military wiped out innocent women and men and children.
0: I think this is the grumpy old white men's club, if I can say that. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of old white men Mm -hmm. need to stop talking.
19: Jong tweeted between 2013 and 2015 that white men are groveling goblins and BS. Dumbass blanking white people marking up the internet with their opinions like dogs blanking on fire hydrants. Oh
13: man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get out of being cruel to old white men.
26: Because at this game, you guys are allowed to kneel. You can do whatever the hell you want. There's no old white man that can stop you. I need Carbos to shut the F up. Because I'm sick of these white men whining and complaining about wokeness.
15: And I think it's going to be hard for a lot of people as the changing demographics. You're looking at the screen right now. Um, this is the rising majority of America. And when this group there of people go. starts getting centered, it's going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people. But after we've been uncomfortable for a long time, at this point in history, we're comfortable making people uncomfortable. So
18: The results of the 2020 census just came out. And for the first time in American history, the number of white
11: people went down. <laughs> There are voters everywhere who will not like the image, if it happens, of 11 crusty old white men yelling at a sexual assault victim in the Senate, and that's that's what we're facing with.
18: 11 old white men on this panel, it's going to look like Handmaid's
8: Tale.
12: The five or six old white male senators who gathered together today to tell us why the FBI had exonerated Judge Kavanaugh and to cry bitter tears where you have 11 old white men who are not capable of of handling a woman like that with respect.
26: You mentioned old white men. I'm just being honest here. Chuck Grassley's comments today about women Ugh. not being on the Judiciary Committee Crazy.
9: made jaws drop all Horrible. over the country.
15: For all, my entire life, all I saw was old white men in, in my Congress.
9: That's
29: when all the
15: old
9: white men came again. to the president and, and said, "That's a clean
29: chain migration. That's a right clean family compromise. reunification. Are, they wouldn't give it to him."
23: The NFL, just they fair. just got a, they got a bunch of old white men owning teams, and they got that. I got that slave mentality.
5: It really upset me throughout this past week is seeing a bunch of white men say on Twitter that they don't want to see any politics in their sports, that they just want to watch NFL games and not have to deal with this. I thought that was revolting. The
11: Republicans have also welcomed their most diverse group ever. Look at
17: that, huh? Look at that, they have they have old white guys, they've got young white guys, they've got bald white guys, they got balding white guys, they got white guys with hair, they got the white guy from SNL, and the one guy who I think is Latino, but if they start running.
11: I'm pretty sure he's gonna be white. So many different types of white
8: guys. So I'm tired of coming here and looking at cranky old white men who try to rule the country and are doing a really, really bad job.
26: It is time for us old white men to give it up, because we have screwed this country up. (laughs) The majority of white people in this country are not a majority of the country. And And all the people who are not fooled by this need to come together, go to the polls, go to the protests, do whatever you have to do. You do not negotiate with these people you destroy them
9: the republican party is a dying
8: national political party the sooner it can die the better for all of us i I mean that it is literally the party of old white men and old white women
16: primary order of states is a bad idea um, based upon
3: lily white states that don't reflect the democratic party there's really um, a lot of ways to win this um, presidential election for Democrats, and it's not just getting all those crusty
26: white guys. We had a black president, and white people got super pissed off with that, and they found the least qualified, lowest account, trashiest pers- white person they could find to hold him up as their god. White people will always find their kind of their their trashiest citizens um, to stand up against our best citizens. That's just right. kind of how they be. So,
15: yeah. so, 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 kind of how they, t- t- yeah. <laughs> well, we kind of be a little tired of it.
13: They've been selling that song forever. All this press about the replacement, Tucker's wrong, but they've been saying we're gonna be replaced as long as I've fucking been alive. Demographics say white people will be the minority. Blase blah, blase blah. blah, blah, blah. And then, well, I'm just gonna play it. This happened. You'll see the freak that we've been playing and then you'll see the freak that we've been playing questioning the President of the United States.
21: Hey Blue, look at all these families. Hi families, it's time for a Pride Parade. Families marching one by one hurrah hurrah Families marching one by one hurrah hurrah This family has two mommies they love each other so proudly and they all go marching in the big parade
1: 75 of being a girl and i've been carrying around tampons and pads for the past two months but i've actually never opened one up so let's do it woohoo i thought the letter stood for small medium and large based on the size of your barbie pouch but after a google i found out it's actually the level of your flow so they're super regular and light i guess my question is which one do i carry around the super because maybe if you have a light flow you can still use a super i don't know here goes nothing. It's pink, it's kind of adorable, and it kind of looks like a butter churn. (laughs) So you just go like that. Ow. Where does the string go? You are getting sleepy. Now for the real magic, I've got a glass of water in the tampon. I almost put red food coloring in there, but I thought that might be too much. And we're gonna see how this works. Oh, it kind of looks like a butterfly. How long does it take to get to this? This one looks like it would do the job i feel like i'm in science class oh no okay the pad didn't expand so maybe this is for a light flow i just don't know now that i think about it i probably should have had a woman come teach me about these things i was on the boys side of sex ed and now i would like to take the girls class uh but if you're on your period right now i'm sending you love bye love ya do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care
29: i don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong.
1: The President
13: of the United States has a person running around saying a Barbie pouch and carrying tampons. That's a mental illness. You can say it's not, but it is. That is a mental illness. You think you're a woman so much that you're carrying fucking tampons. Yeah, I had tampons for my wife. Where have I got shot? The President of the United States, instead of dealing with important things, was talk- talking to a dude with a severe case of gender dysphoria, or just a smart motherfucker who's working the system. And this is how he got his name out there. And now he's rich. Anybody think of that? Because I think a lot of them are doing that. I'm just throwing it out there a lot. So that's our week folks. And I apologize for the low energy. I'm I've been on a four-day whatever this is. It just burns all the time. I tried drugs. Now my stomach's just raw as shit. I don't even know what the fuck to do. They're trying to get me a new medicine, but I waited in an emergency room for an hour before my clinic would call me back. Then they issued me a drug they don't carry. So now I have to go and get it this afternoon. And it's supposed to be something that's going to make this stop heavy duty. And then maybe I'll accept the job. But I haven't done a lot on this show, but I got to ask for some prayers. This is getting really hard to wake up every day, just really get woke up with pain and nausea. I just mentally, I can't do it. I, I bundle up, I go take my walk. It gets me to be able to eat something and usually it backs off. But we're now on day five, where it's just non-stop discomfort and rawness and burning and just burns and burns. It's not heartburn. It's well, I don't even know what it is. It's um. It's really bad. I, I don't. I don't feel good. So, this wraps up another episode of Fly Over Politics podcast. Don't share this one, but share ones that I'm actually active in. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. Go to foppodcast.com. I thank you for listening. Um, tentatively, I'm going to look at a Sunday show. So we'll go for the uh, 30th um, for our next show. And hopefully by then, I'll, I'll be feeling better. So y'all take care. <laughs>